G'day, party people. This is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma, and we'll be sharing juicy stories. Our biggest secrets. The what not to do. The lessons we've learned. All the mistakes. And too many times we've been baked. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. Hey guys, welcome back to the next episode. Welcome to Sheilas. How are, are you, Sheilas? We are jumping into a deeper subject this week. Um, We're going deep. We are actually going really, really deep. We're doing deep, this deep in the name of it being Suicide Awareness Month, yeah. Mental Illness Month, mm-hmm. Recovery Month. So it just brought up a lot for us. A lot us. of stuff. And like a lot of conversations were had over the last week. Actually, Emma and I went for a, like a late night stroll last night. We were till, walking like, around at 9.30pm. <laughs> 9 o'clock, PM. got back at 11 we just felt like spitting out some words to each other and just like really getting the brain pumping with what we're going to talk about today. So we're going and to just be... dribbling really. It's some of the other yeah. stuff that we definitely won't drop on you guys because wowie. It's a, it's, a, it's a heavy it's a heavy load, but we've got to actually start with um, something that Emma found on Netflix, which really brought up the addiction. It's brand new and. For me, I was like, oh, I think that it's time that we sort of like tap into something to do with mental illness, addiction, and surprise, surprise, was something that we've been grappling with and like talking about so much recently, especially since COVID, has been social media, um, mm. so being so politically divisive, et cetera, et cetera, and mm. it's called The Social Dilemma, and it's a new documentary on Netflix, and oh my God, absolutely wow. It actually brings up The Truman Show, and I was like to Gabby, it literally makes you feel like you're on The Truman Show. Like it's everything. Crazy. If you guys haven't seen the Truman Show, it's uh, got Jim Carrey in it. He's like the lead actor. Totally irrelevant. Anyways, basically, it's about his dad creating a movie that's based around him and like he's the star, but he doesn't know that he's like He thinks on he's just set. living his life. He just thinks he's living his life, but everyone else around him is doing advertisements around him. They're acting and it's just so interesting. And like he, at, in, at the end, he kind of realizes that uh, it's, he's kind of being sucked into it all and then like realizes that you know oh my god this is like totally un- abnormal like what's going on and then tries to get starts out. to question it yeah i think it starts from him questioning which a lot of people i suppose we definitely do because like you could might be able to tell if you listen to us we question <laughs> everything everything but i know a lot crazy. of people in my life who are just so like like if someone tells me this then that's what it is and no. i'll believe it so particularly with like government etc but thinking outside the box yeah is absolutely amazing a documentary because it basically I was shocked at how they have like people from Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, Google who have fallen victim to the addiction that mm. is social media or one of the guys who the main guy who brought this all together it was addicted to email. Email. Isn't that crazy? I'm like that is probably the last thing I'll Actually, be addicted to. I feel to, like that's something I don't get addicted to. Is email. Definitely recently. Well, well, recently I'm quite addicted to Gabby's email. We'll bring that one up in a few weeks' time. Um, maybe never. We'll see. Yeah. Um, dot, dot, dot. But even like I guess like receiving job offers and stuff too. Like I'm always on the check because like I know yeah. that's always linked to my Gmail and like going to auditions and like seeing if I've received that final callback that's linked to Gmail. So I'm always that's like so interesting because I got addicted to like Star Now for a while there. <laughs> I'm not addicted. Like there's about like very like, secretly an artist behind the the back. You know, you know the that do you? She's a great singer out? and dancer. <laughs> I'm completely not any of those, but I will. I've got a couple of. Gigs do you do you know what the WAP is? 
Can you I'm, give me a demonstration right now of what the WAP is? I'm not giving any demonstration <laughs> of the WAP, but I have been practicing my twerk, that's for sure. We're going to talk about that in another yeah, one. Well, I'm media. so excited to bring that up. Yeah. WAP the F. It will like be interesting. That. But it's, it's so... Place. What if that caught my eye? Like, I wrote down a couple of things. Is Gabby... I am a research nerd. So, like, once we get our topic for the next <laughs> week, I go absolutely ham. And more so when it's a vulnerable topic like addiction because it's, like, me just having to be, like... yeah. I do feel a lot of shame come up. There's no point in my recovery slash addictive stage where there wasn't shame because that's just the audacity of what happens in society. That, like, if you're an addict, you should feel shame, shame around for it. Being or an you addict. just naturally do because there's so much judgment. I was telling Which Gabby, is crazy. I'm like, like, I was walking into the beach earlier. This is today. So I was like, this is so relevant. And there was probably six people who looked like, totally judgmental of me but the irony was that I was judging them being like these guys seem like they are either in recovery recently in recovery or complete junkies and that and I'm like but I was I'm in like an NA program I'm I'm <laughs> like I've been addicted to drugs like this is so They're weird that I'm still aware. systematically stigmatizing these people yet I am one of them I'm like this is so deep into my blood and who or like of just me being a human but even more so the fact that you're able to recognize that that person actually has a drug addiction whereas like today i was in i was in the office today this morning and this guy comes in and he's like fully twitching his eyes and everything and then amanda she's like one of the sales agents there too and this guy asked her a question and she kind of had like no idea but to me i was like this guy's like oh i don't i don't drink or anything and he just kept like, like talking <laughs> and was like little giddy and all that, and it's like, it's like I got good money, and yada, yada, and I'm just like thinking, this guy's on drugs, like literally on drugs. But I've only been able to identify it through really just talking to because you're Emma in service so much, paradise. And like, you're and like, I'm in service paradise. Service, yeah, on drugs. <laughs> they're all drugos there. So. Yeah. But, uh, and, but yeah. do, like, do we, I think it's so interesting because it's like being on the other side of it, being literally consumed by it, powerless to the drug, my life is unmanageable because of it, kind of. My life is unmanageable actually because of anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And mm. at the end of the day, the drug for me became a coping mechanism that Did I you... used really well. Like, but to the point where I was like, I can't keep doing this anymore because like I was smoking so much weed that A, it was getting expensive, <laughs> was not fun. But also it was just like tiring. It's like my life just revolves around making sure I had a joint ready at all times, or I was like rolling them or I was going to my dealer's house. Like it wasn't sustainable at all but like it helped me cope like i was sitting so, so, weed, so weed was like your natural way of coming down yes whereas so, like for me like that is something that i cannot have because i'm just naturally i don't want to say ever calls me a sloth sometimes and i do agree because i'm very like chilled person so you need taking, your upper you need your i need coffee. like coffee like i can't i have a coffee detox every now and again because it's very acidic and it's not that great for you if you have it all the time but if I'm marijuana, on the other hand, is like such a it slows you down, and I feel like I get nothing done. Yeah, like, if we were gonna be I drugs, upper, not a slower. you would be weed, and I would be <laughs> cocaine, like naturally. <laughs> like if you could describe us, this, this is drugs, why we work so well together, though, guys. <laughs> yeah, this is why it works. We even each other out, yeah. and like funnily enough, like I couldn't even have cocaine by the like, but even like because I was so high up, I'm like. Ugh. So like you went amongst the detox over the last year. Obviously, you've learned so much about your body because you constantly tell me on the daily, like I don't do this, this, and this because I realize what it's doing to my body. After detoxing, 
and kind of have you did you go into research then about like the drugs and what it was doing to your insights that's actually something that so i was recently when gabby got here before watching a documentary called take your pills Mm. on netflix and it's about the drugs adderall and ritalin which are drugs that are prescribed to people who suffer from adhd or add which is attention deficit either hyperactive or not disorder and if you don't know what that is, Google it. I'm sure we yeah, all know sure, somebody yeah. who's been diagnosed with it, etc. Um, Adderall isn't something that I've seen in Australia, but Ritalin was something that I was on and Concerta. I was diagnosed with that at like 22. But after my parents avoiding me from going down the taking any sort of drugs and just making me run around and get it out of my system for my So they were life. like encouraging you to take it? No, they never oh, let me. Wow. So I was very like spiteful at 22 when I like kind of got diagnosed as like, why didn't you let me have these earlier? They ended up being the worst thing in the world for me and started my substance abuse. Wow. So it started, okay. like, but prior to that, it was, I was kind of abusing alcohol and like definitely had sugar addictions, which is an interesting one as well. Like that's our first sugar addiction. addiction yeah. If you're a kid and you have a sugar addiction, uh-huh. it's like, uh, this kid, we got to watch out for this But also person. you don't, as a kid, you don't know what... Sh- you don't know what you're eating that has sugar in it, you know, too. Like, I mean, even now, you have to really read labels in order to find, like, if something actually has sugar That's in it. That's true. But I mean more like... Um, Just you wanting want... chocolate, like, all Yeah, the time. so, like, oh, we didn't have any as children. I wouldn't have any. So, really? like, oh, let's start my first addict oh, story. Is I had That's none. Crazy. Mom was super, like, no sugar. The teachers would have killed her otherwise. They were, like... All, they were the ones who were, like, can you please put this child on something? So, we wow. never had sugar anyway. But, um, and we had, would have like, I think we got Maccas once a week and Tuck Shop once a week. And mum would like order those things for us. That was Tuck, tuck Shop is, was, uh, uh, lunch time. No, no, it's, uh, uh what, do you, what do you call it in America? It's called in America. Uh, it's not Tuck Shop. It's, um, Cafeteria. The cafeteria. That's cafeteria. the one. Yeah. yeah. It's called a so Tuck Shop. We would have like, we were very like minimum on the sugar intake we had. But when I got to go to parties, I would make myself literally sick. So I'd be coming home vomiting because I wouldn't. Just uh, from sugar? Just from sugar. Just eating and like Coke, everything that I could get my hands but on. Then alcohol. Not sugar cocaine. Coke. <laughs> but like okay. anything I could get my so hands on. So you wouldn't drink or anything when you were that young? I was like, I'm talking like three years old. Oh. Like, I'm talking like I was... The fairy like, bread. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking I would be vomiting when I got home because it was like, oh my God, I have access to this. I never get access that's to this. So but that's funny. like the sign of a soon-to-be addict, I swear. And even... So do you actually think that parents should be encouraging their kids? Not encouraging, but just like allowing them to have something every now and again? From your sense. Yeah, I think that what we had was enough. Like, I do believe that. Okay. But, but it's interesting because when they go to parties, it's the same with, I think, it. what fa- parents are like and what does come up in this, the social dilemma, is um, if all the kids are doing it, Yeah. Uh, for example, all the kids have the iPhones, then mm. naturally you don't want your kid to feel left out, so you let them have the iPhone. What are you going to do with your kid? I think sugar is terrific. I think, like, I've had sugar yesterday and I had the worst sleep ever. But you can, you're really going to take your kid to a party and be like, you're not allowed to have any of this stuff when all the other kids doing it. It's like, firstly, I never want to become a parent because this is, I can't, I don't can't know where you draw the line. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you're not going to act like it's a bad idea if you go past Macca's and like, can we get an ice cream? You're going to be like, oh, that's a terrible idea. Hell, I'm going to go want to get ice cream too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but learning, I think that we never had, my parents never really said yes to that stuff, which was interesting. Like, they never did at such a young age. But then, 
I go and work at Baskin Robbins for my first job and make myself so sick, can't do anything normally, that I get lactose intolerance. (laughs) See, I feel like now I've become, I don't even think I've told you this, I feel like I've become a little addicted to like stevia. Which is like that, a stevia, which is like is a natural... Is that a chocolate thing that... Well, no, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a natural... It's sugar. It's, it's like a natural sweetener. Stevia is still from like... It's still from like a leaf form. I thought you said it made you sick the other day. It, it, no, that's actually uh, xylitol. I don't tolerate well with my stomach. I have stopped xylitol. eating those chocolates. I, I eat no sugar chocolates. Well, I did. And Gabby's like, they're not actually good for you because they've just replaced it with something else. And oh, yeah. I've stopped feeling as bloated. Sweet. Anyway, fun this, fact. This, if it says no sugar, it's probably going to make you bloated in some other way. This, yeah, because they, they add all these types of sweeteners in it and whatever. Um, anyways, moral of the story, I think I'm addicted to stevia, so I'm going to stop eating stevia because usually I'll chuck them on my oats in the morning just for something sweet. It's actually been proven, though, to reduce your sugar cravings and it's actually not that bad for you like it's not bad for you yeah it's just i still feel like i i'm addicted to the sweetness uh, of it same with my honey at the room i don't have anything but honey i'm going through like jars of it yeah yeah and my mom's like can you know i'm like get off my back i don't do anything else like i don't do, don't drink don't do anything let me have my honey but it's the same <laughs> thing grandma. like if i'm allowed something i will go hard Heart, hammer yeah. Out, yeah and i think that this this is the most interesting thing that i found with this the social dilemma one was like, yeah, I was off social media for a year, but I still had Pinterest. And I didn't realize that Pinterest is also one of the ones where they're like trying to keep you hooked and they're working behind mm. the scenes to keep you to be on that app for as long as possible. And that would be my outlet because I guess I could kind of like make the way, the way they persuasively like it. It's way of satisfying is, yourself. Yeah, for sure. The dopamine that you want, yeah. But it still, it still gave me that similar thing that's happening with Instagram. Anyway, so it was funny how it's like I thought that I was completely off social media, but that is still some and aspects that yeah. are similar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's very interesting. Like, I want to know more about, like, for me, I can kind of so pick up on the fact that I think the most there's so many assumptions we have about addicts for example like mm. so when i dropped drugs altogether um i then started overeating i said it's not just like a complete okay you're free it's like you start to then pick up something else i refuse to date or be in relationships with men because you can p- easily pick up love addiction because love the oh love's an the ad- dopamine of, of love is like oh my god or lust or, or anything, wanting attention from so, men in general it's so addictive yeah so like i a lot of people or women sorry it would like they would drop off and go and something like that so i was very aware of these things that i shouldn't do and i really had to like get a control over my overeating so you you tried to like detach any kind of addiction you could from your life yeah i had no social media like yeah oh my god because otherwise what's the point like what is the point in me weed's not even that bad there's no point in me going oh i'm off that but i'm overeating so much that i'm vomiting every night for those of you guys who like aren't completely aware of like i know like marijuana in this country is uh it's not legalized in any states is it no 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 um so in a states it's legalized in a few states so in a, in the united states it's legalized in a few states and i think new york is almost like probably going to or at least soon. they've moved to like decriminalizing it yes yeah. um yeah. because it's it's not as bad as alcohol and which is like the whole shabam with like the whole pharmaceutical industry and like the government telling us that it's okay like when really alcohol is so much it's far worse for your body than marijuana like mm, it's, it's just so and that's worse. such a good point because what i used to fr- be frustrated with was like i really had stopped drinking alcohol like knew that it was like a depressant for me was 
smoking marijuana to survive. I had PTSD, which you see a lot of the veterans who get addicted to marijuana. Um, but I had people who were drinking and binging every weekend and going ham, judging me. And I was like, eh, not really going to cop it from you because where does someone draw the line with how much you should drink? Yeah. And yeah, like, if you, just because it's legal. So we're very much okay like, because it's the government, legal, yeah, exactly. it's okay. So, like, for example, it's okay if you overeat and you eat so much sugar that you're, like, you feel ridiculous. Like, but, because it's all legal. But and it's not really necessarily the case. We've just, the government's just gone and um, criminalized things and hasn't criminalized other Because things. people don't realize that it's a money-making industry. And, like, that's, that's where, it, like, same as uh, cigars, for example. They mm. shouldn't be legal. Yeah. So we bad actually cared about people's Everyone. health. We wouldn't let them have cigarettes. Everyone knows that it's so bad for you. And yeah. yet, they still sell them. So, yeah. it's just all a money-making industry. Yeah. So And I think that maybe, like, the comparison there, like, I don't want people to hold me to that, what I was saying in regards to, like, clearly drugs, okay, aren't great. But this is the interesting thing that I have lived with mm. and experimented with myself. So mm. in my first substance was Ritalin and mm. Concerta. So those are the ADHD drugs. Best thing ever that I got sent the other day, and I was like, stop it, that's so true, was a photo of cartoons people and they're in this business meeting and they're like, the first Adderall business meeting. And it's like, you know, an advertising pitch. Meth for kids. <laughs> and it's literally that because in Ritalin it's methamphetamine and that's what that's is insane. in it so I was taking meth that is insane so it's wild like that's legal I was getting a script for it getting a script for it by the way after meeting a lady for 15 minutes who that's didn't insane. explain anything so you could me. actually like totally like mess with her brain and say oh my god I miss this 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 and this and then she'll go yeah you need this medication a very common thing that's happening in America yes wow and not even the thing is Adderall is way stronger so, so how do you prove it? How do you prove that? How do you prove that you're ADHD? Yeah. Honestly, it's just, it was like 16 questions. That's not like, that's... Which you that's can honestly not... know the answers to. It's like, uh, were you distracted as a child? Yes. Like, you know how to manipulate there. That's why exactly. the best yeah. addicts of any kind know how to manipulate the doctors. Like, and that's why they're like, don't even let me go to a doctor by myself because it's not so much the drugs that are criminalized. It's the drugs that I can get from a doctor that I'm addicted to. It's just so sad to see people like that are totally drug addicted and um, not really realizing the detriment it has on your body either on the inside. Like, you're literally deteriorating from the inside out. You just don't realize it. I think that's such an interesting point because what they were saying, Gabby walked in when I was watching that um, documentary before, is that guy was like, yeah, I've been taking this since year three. So Adderall slash Ritalin. Um, I don't know which one he was on. Maybe Adderall because it was in America. And he's like... Um, but so by the time I was in senior, I had to be told you can't drink because my liver was shutting down. So like he's taking a pharmaceutical and the same things are happening. There's no That's difference. So, so yeah, I think that when the, I think that this is like a lot of myths. Like I love because Gabby always goes, the way Gabby and I look at things is so funny because like we can get to the same conclusion, but we come from different angles. Like yeah. we were talking last night about a vegan diet on our 9.30 PM walk. And <laughs> Gabby's like comes from an angle where like her family's been through physical health issues. So she yeah. didn't want that to so, happen So like to my mom had breast cancer, my dad, he passed from heart attack. So naturally I was like, what can I do to try and prevent myself from, from letting that happen to myself? And then I was vegan for a little bit while I was living in the United States, which 
didn't work out. Like I got really skinny. I lost all my muscle mass. My bones were starting to like shed and I had no brain function whatsoever. And then eventually went back to eating like a regular diet because it just, it like just wasn't for me. But you definitely are more conscious about like cutting out as, you know, unnecessary meats. Unnecessary meats. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very like careful with like what I buy and what I purchase, like making sure they're organic and coming from the right sources and all that. Yeah. So in a way we both do our part, which I find was interesting. We're both like, hey, we're basically doing the same thing, but I come probably more from an angle where like what made me open my eyes but to be consciously aware with veganism yeah. was um, maybe climate change climate yeah. change and like human rights sort of thing but we, we always get to this same thing so Gabby's perspective is so funny so her question about like does an addict not think about what's going on inside their body if I tell you about my addict brain no I'm just honestly trying to survive so addicts we're, Interesting, yeah. we're I want to kill myself basically like boom like that is literally the idea of an addict and in order to not yeah. do that and survive I'm taking drugs like that is how my mind works and I'm That's trying so, so hard not to listen to it and give it the power it has over me that I'm like, how can I get through this day? So your brain's like basically in control of you by that point. Like I think the my drugs, insanity the drugs are, is like, in control. Like the me. drugs are taking over you. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Um, for me, it was the PTSD. So it was the constant okay. fear, like the fear to like go do socialize, the constant like my body just being like so in fight or flight mode 24-7 that it's like overwhelming. And then I just needed to take have my drug of choice was a downer, yeah. marijuana, in order to leave the house, to go That's sit an exam, to study, to do absolutely anything by that point. So just survive. And so like, like we're all just trying to survive, but it's so interesting because at the same time, you're actually just destroying your liver, etc. Yeah, you're destroying it. And like yeah. I think to to a certain extent, like it, it sometimes you need you actually might need these drugs. Like uh like six weeks ago I had surgery and I was telling oh, Emma This is so interesting. I was telling Emma, I was like I was like, they prescribed me oxycodone, which is like, if you don't know, it's heroin, right? So yeah. I went through like a pretty awful surgery and basically for someone for doctors to prescribe you oxycodone like that's a pretty serious thing that means you're going to be under a lot of pain this drug literally numbs you like completely numbs you turns off any kind of negative thought you have and just i i swear i was on cloud nine but originally i was really scared to take it and i was like to emma i'm like i'm really scared to take this drug because i don't want to become addicted to it and i have not i've never had a drug addiction before and i've never really like taken lots of drugs to like to know, to even like know where to like go with any of this, and Emma was yeah. like, "So we were messaging my brother, his pharmacist, yeah, 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 which is amazing. Like, yeah. a family member who was a pharmacist, and he's like, nah, you'll be right, and da da da, you'll be fine. Like, she needs it. Like, she'll need to take it. And then we're yeah. like, oh, okay. and you a hundred percent did, and that's hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I think you saw me when I was in a lot of pain one day, and you're like, you just need to take." Just take it. Yes. Like, yeah. So, and, and I was, and I'm also on this side of being very highly cautious about yeah. anyone taking anything. But the most interesting thing last night I watched, and I cannot recommend it more. If you have anyone who's struggling with uh, addiction or anything, and, or you're just trying to wrap your head around it, you're like, how can I like love this person when I actually just want to punch him in the face for like being an addict, etc. which happened to me. Like my last, last night, my aunt literally told me like, you pushed all of us away so much that we couldn't even be there for you when you're in recovery. So I get it. Like, and I've seen a lot of it, but this Ted talk, it's by Johan Hari and it's called everything you think you know about addiction is wrong. And they say the exact same thing. They're like, so heroin is 
a part of oxycodone. If anything, when you get oxycodone, you're actually getting more of a pure heroin because when you get it from the streets, it would be just chopped up and not as pure. Wow. So when your grandma breaks her hip and has to have surgery or when Gabby goes and has to have surgery and then she needs to take this, we don't all go, oh my God, they're on heroin. And we're so convinced that yeah. in society that mm-hmm. like, like for example, the ISADs, like not even once, not even once. We're so convinced that it's about like the chemical addiction, but it's not. And he's like, Basically, the whole thing is to do with... Self-control. It's to do with um, environment and bonding. So the opposite to addiction isn't sobriety, he says, and this is what I've heard a million times. It's connection. Okay. So if I don't have connection in my life and I don't have... Which is why, for me, it was so worrying. Worrying worrying people who are going through what they are in Melbourne at the moment, especially if they're on the verge of like were have an addiction or like they have mental health issues because what we need is to be in connection and they did this experiment with rats and they're like so they had a boring little rat cage and then Mm -hmm. the rat they put the heroin in the water and they were like you um and then the rats kept coming back for more right so there was boring area and they'd overdose and die and then they mm. made this rat park and it was like this cool area where like there's all these rats are in there and like there's activities and everything it's called a rat park it's so interesting and so then they had the two different waters one water was normal and then one water was the heroin and none of them were overdosing because they were all in connection and having a good time and like they didn't need it so we have this assumption where like mm. Once an addict, always an addict, which is, I I think that you can change your circumstances because no one, as I was telling Gabby, the reason why we cho- sort of chose addiction to focus on instead of just like plain mental health is because it covers both. As no distra- one who's yeah, an addict doesn't have mental health issues. Yeah. They're all suffering. They're all really lonely. Like it's an addiction is a lot to do with despair. So for me, mm-hmm. when I couldn't connect with people in general when I was in like my like worst moments and I felt despair I was connecting when I had like marijuana I was like being coming spiritual I was like surviving but also I was able to have a a joint and then actually be social because it can't be down enough not to have a panic attack which is when you need know you need help (laughs) yeah well 100% (laughs) but but for me no one knew I was high and this is the same thing with like Adderall for people who were working in on Wall Street and the financial district, like it's so expected yeah. that they're on such a high level that it's like, oh, I was sitting law exams oh and that was gosh. a part of my ego being able to get away with a lot of this. Like, That's crazy. well, I'm sitting law exams and I'm passing, so get off my case. That's actually really, it's not even that bad. Really interesting what you told me about the guy from Wall Street. Um, Emma brought this up earlier and she made me watch like this segment on the piece that she was watching, and like these guys are working. Yeah, yeah. 16 hour days. 16 hour days. And like they don't sleep that much. And like they're, they're looking at their mates around them and they're all just popping Adderall. And then, you know, then the next one thinks, okay, if they're popping it, maybe I should pop it. Next minute, they're all popping this Adderall around until like, you know, they're not really functioning properly. They're like, their body's trying to say, you need to slow down, you need to slow down, you need to sleep. And then eventually this guy ends up in hospital and like... Mm. And I oh said to Gabby, gosh. I go, dude, this is so funny. That's exactly what happened to me. So this guy stays up for two and a half nights doing, getting something done for his boss. And I said to Gabby, Just that the was the last time I stress, had Ritalin like... and Concerta, etc. I had come back from Japan. I had an assignment due. And 
I loved it. It was like an international law assignment. I was absolutely frothing it. Mm. And I'd been up for two nights straight and I'm walking back from my study to my bedroom mm. at 11 p.m. at night and I just pass out face first, split my chin open. I've done so much nerve damage to myself because of it. I'm still paying the price. And it was because my body was like, we're done now. We're tapping out. But my mind was so hooked. And like what I said to Gabby was what happens when you start with the Ritalin and Adderall, uh, because it's such a stimulant, you then can't sleep. So then you go, oh, I need something to sleep. So you start taking sleeping tablets. So for me, then I had PTSD combined with that. I still think I need to be taking the Ritalin. So I take the Ritalin by day, sleeping tablets by night. So you're saying that it's like once you start one thing, your body will end up needing another one, like to rely on. I, I think that this is what happens a lot with people and it most definitely happened with and you, me. And you think that's why drug addictions, not just on one, but like many different types, uh, have become a thing because the pharmaceutical industry, not so that, but like doctors are like over-prescribing people or like prescribing them things that they probably don't even need. Yeah, we are 100% doing that. Yeah, we, I always question, especially happening with COVID at the moment, I think you're the same. I'm like, why would they want us to be healthy? They say they want us to be healthy, but pharmaceutical industry is the biggest industry in the whole entire world, and that relies on people being unhealthy. They don't act, that's why I'm so like worried and cautious about what I put into my body because after years of listening to what someone told me, Mm. which whether it was, for example, I went to a doctor when I was apparently like had no lactase in my body, which is like couldn't handle lactose. They were telling you that you had a gluten allergy, didn't they? Uh, I, gluten, wasn't meant to eat gluten, but also wasn't meant to eat like dairy products. Um, and then... But the, uh, this prior to that, the doctor never got anything tested and he put me on a laxative. So I think the reason why I ended up having no lactase in my body was because a doctor put me on a laxative for like two years. Then after that, I'm on Ritalin. Everything that I'd gone to the doctor for, instead of them honestly, and I don't know how I would have taken it, it'd been like, okay, you know what? Learn to meditate, do anything. Show me, if, this is what I would like to implement in the system. Show me three months of hard work, you trying to meditate, you trying to do yoga, you trying to do all these things that are good for you, journal, whatever it may be. Then come back to me, we'll analyze and assess you. Then we'll consider putting you on some type of pharmaceutical. Because yeah. even at the moment, like I've got a younger girl that I'm good friends with who is on antidepressants. She doesn't do anything that's helping her. Nothing. And she'd automatically let's chuck her on that. And I'm like, oh my God, do you know how long it took me to get off everything? Like, including the antidepressants? Like, and do you know how I got off all of that? By doing the hard work. There is no shortcut if we want long-term benefits. There is no shortcut, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You've, got to, you've always got to put in the hard yards, even from like, like the start. There is no quick fix in life. It's just yeah. as simple as that. You actually have to work your, your hardest. Well, there is fix. a quick fix. It just comes with consequences. Exactly. Yeah. So and it, whether it's, it's like a health consequence, mm-hmm. like whatever it may be, there's consequences. And so I think that that's something that I definitely had to learn the hard way. This is why we're doing the podcast because I, I did everything the hard way. So for example, I'm trying to explain to like this younger girl who, by the way, her whole room is filled with social media um, like I guess all these photos from like Pinterest and everything like these skinny model girls um, 
travel pics, boys. And I'm like, and she's got manifest in the middle. I'm like, that's not how manifestation works. Like it, yeah, it works to a certain extent, but you have to be doing the work. Otherwise, if this does work for you and you've done nothing but put it on your wall and look at it daily, and also you're on antidepressants, which is what's coming up in this, the social dilemma is that, and what came up for me was I was just constantly comparing myself and thinking I'm not enough when it came to social media. I was like, I'm not enough. And they've seen the decline in girls' mental health so rapidly. The statistics that are on the social dilemma is insane. And mm. I literally turned around to her and I was like, see what's on your wall? This is the reason why you're on antidepressants. This is, and I'm just full, I was angry, so I wasn't probably giving her the most nurturing situation ever, but I was like, this is why I had to delete social media for a time being, so so I could love myself. This is why I got off antidepressants, because I stopped comparing myself and started to self-love and accept who I was, accept my body shape. Like, we aren't going to be like that. So it's... The cycle of what they're saying comes from, like, social media addiction is... Absolutely insane because it and it has ended up in me viewing that with my own eyes, a young girl being on antidepressants. Completely, and like Instantly. I also think like the thing with social media too is like a lot of people feel satisfaction, sorry, satisfaction when they post things, um, more so to please others, and uh, that's so wrong. Like you're not going to benefit yourself. You're not going to get anywhere by just like posting a photo or doing anything like that. More so, there's a lot of people talking about you know. Um, they're, they're saying what they want without actually putting the work in to do. And that's a big difference. Like saying what you want to do and saying you're going to do it is completely different to actually putting in the work and actually going for the goal. Yeah. So it's manifesting. They they think they're like manifesting it by creating a goal without any strategy to get there. No strategy. No strategy. Just I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll all be like that. And I think I want to like clarify that like when I talk about, this certain person being on like antidepressants. Like I've been on antidepressants. I wasn't doing the work. I can do the work now and not be on it. There are certain people who need drugs and pharmaceuticals because they actually were born with a chemical imbalance. So I totally understand that. But I think that what we mainly pitch to is the people who, and I'm guilty of it. This is my whole story was wanting to take the shortcut, which is addiction in general, the instant gratification and not doing the work. As you're saying, like, I was like, mm. here's my goal. Oh, for example, here's my goal. I want to feel like super in love with myself and like spiritual and high. I'll just have a joint. Not, I want to work to that point. I don't want to do a gratitude journal, like all these other things, all these other tools that I have in the toolbox yeah. now. Like, I didn't want to do that work. I wanted the instant gratification yeah. of that situation to happen right now. Mm-hmm. And that happened to me by a drug of choice. That's crazy. Yeah. And like, everyone has a drug of choice at the end of the day. Like, yes. my drug of choice is coffee. <laughs> 100%. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> Tried to cut it out for like, I went on a detox for about four weeks and I felt good. I did. I just felt like I was like, Slug Life 101 didn't get a lot thing a lot done, but for me, like I, mm. and it's not. I think coffee it's about weighing up like the risk versus reward. So for me, the risk of having coffee is that it triggers my anxiety, and yes, I yeah. don't get the reward. So for you, being the the Slug. drug of marijuana naturally, <laughs> <laughs> you you having the coffee, you can still sleep, right? Yes. Yeah, like there's mm. no what what. If your reward's high, then your risk, and then I think that that's where you kind of can work it out. 
I think yeah. that's with a lot of things in life that I've recently things. Yeah, learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is the risk versus reward? What's worth it? Or finding, like, a, a healthy herb that works for you. Not necessarily a herb, but just, like, something that you feel like is a bit of an upper or the natural downer that you need. And just trying to, like, find what works for you. Because everyone's so different. Like, Emma was like, Emma's always, like, energetic. And I wish I was like that, but I'm not. I'm just, like... Naturally, very, very chill. I really need a coffee to get my brain going and active. I can't just wake up like Emma and be able to just chuck out an essay, write one up. I wish I, I, I mean, could I wish do I that. could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> you can. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> but like everyone, I just think needs to find their own up or a down or whatever that may be. And, and, um, and you know, really think twice about the pharmaceutical industry. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're just trying to brainwash everyone and... To an extent, I mean. So I think, and I think that's really important to clarify. Is such a good point that you brought up because, so for example, my brother, pharmacist. Yeah. Lots of people I know, doctors, mm. especially family members. Um, every single person hops into just like me and wanting to do this podcast. I want to help people. Every single person goes, I want to get into this industry to help people, mm-hmm. and then they kind of a bit like. A bit like, which is exactly the same as all these tech people who have st- done this, the Social Dilemma documentary. Mm-hmm. They all go, when we first started doing this, we came into it with this, oh my God, how much positive change are we going to create in this world? There's so many positive things that have happened from social media, but now there's the detriment and they're kind of stuck and they're which like, sucks. they need to make the dollars in the dollar company and like, you know, there's no regulations and the regulation basically is to sell as much stuff as you can. Same with doctors and pharmacists. Like they are good people who are kind of trapped in this system that is all about making money. I just feel like there's so much going on in our world, like especially over like the last few years. Like that's just, it's kind of overwhelming because like, Gabby looks like she's seen a ghost. Well, like we didn't create it. Like we didn't create this stuff and it's just, we have to live with it. Mm. You know, we have to learn to live with this crap that they're putting on us and that's not okay. Like, and like the government is so in control of us. Oh my gosh, guys, they have us hooked around the neck, like on the social media, pharmaceutical industries, um, just government being controlled of everything we do. And like, unfortunately, and even now, like whether it. you can leave your house or not down in Melbourne. Yeah. Insane. I'm yeah. sorry. That is next level. And like, like now they're trying to get rid of cash, meaning like they'll have access to you constantly swiping your card and like, that's yeah. like the next step. So like, there's so many things we don't know as well. I got told the other day that as soon as you walk into a 7-Eleven, you're actually giving over, they do a face scan. And because it's like the contract of agreement is that as soon as you enter in the store, you're naturally agreeing. Like, it's the weirdest thing, which, like, must be somewhere in the terms and conditions of maybe something you buy from 7-Eleven. From 7-Eleven? Are you serious? Yeah, 7-Eleven. And then whenever we go to a football match or anything at a stadium, they do the same thing. They, like, scan your face into, like, their system. And I was totally unaware of all this. So, yeah, it's, like, interesting because I think we're at this time, and I don't believe it's coincidence that, like, people like us are alive, where we... All of it's kind of erupting. It's and it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, like it's been happening our whole life, right? But yeah. then now it's like really coming to the surface. And I think that a lot of that is to do with something I've been doing a lot of documentaries, TED talks. So really the internet in a way, obviously it's got, that's the positives it has, which is what these guys probably first were like, how good is what we're doing? Working for Facebook, working for this, working for that. We're, we're creating such positive change, which is so true. So Netflix documentaries, the stuff I've learned from them in just those two documentaries about this particular subject is insane. But also then you've got the TED Talks where people are able to speak out. So yeah. 
it's funny because it's like what they're using to control us, which is technology, is also allowing us to learn more see, faster. Yeah, see what they're doing. So but it's also, like a catch twenty two. There's two thirds of the coin. But also, what I th- I've realized too is like with a faster paced society comes people that are under more stress mm. because we all have to be able to keep up with the pace, which yeah. is actually killing us. Which right? is a lot to do with this. The take your pills. Um, documentary is basically like the way they pitch it which they can only do in two countries in New Zealand and USA which USA has so much I remember watching TV there and it was like take this no back pain like take this pharmaceutical drug yeah they you can can't do it here yeah, you can't you can't that's like, but in New Zealand I didn't know you could that's which I was like pretty sure oh, you can in New Zealand New Zealand you can um legally like advertise pharmaceuticals so you could say like is so, that why in elf the movie they have like best cup of coffee in the world like on the side window and he walks and he's like congratulations best cup of coffee oh yeah <laughs> it's a lot yeah That's so america is so very much wrong. like that you can claim like whatever you want you can also do it in third world countries but so, this is basically no regulations around it but america basically the way they've been pitching adderall to parents is like They'll have like the mom, the little kid like cuddling the mom, and then she, her being so proud because oh he's finally gosh. got his first like A minus or B plus or something. But really, he's normally not doing anything. The kid taking out the gar- garbage, like the trash. You know what that America. is though? That's just someone giving that kid and the mom a script. Like that's all it is. hundred <laughs> percent. But, but when you <laughs> it's see, not reality. Yeah, I don't think that a lot of it like is. Yeah, it's obviously not reality. It's an ad. But like, yeah. <laughs> how much does that appeal to parents who are like frustrated? But the other thing that I guess I'm so upset about and what grinds my gears and reason why I'm so absolutely delighted when people who I love and know who want what's actually best for the world become teachers is the fact that so many teachers, especially in this documentary where they just teachers are telling parents or oh, all the rest of the kids are on Adderall. So can you put your kid on Adderall to make my job easier? Like, what is that about? No, like, you have to learn how to deal with the, with yeah. the rough kids too. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and because what the kid wants to go outside and play, it's a natural kid thing rather than sit down at a desk. I'm pretty sure that every kid wants to do wants to Which do that. Which is crazy. Like, yeah, especially like kids that have lots of energy. Like, that's normal as a kid. You got to like let the energy out somehow. Mm-hmm. And like everyone, every child is different. Every personality is different. I can yeah. guarantee. Like, your personality is probably so much different to the quiet kid in the class who's probably. Nerd, Mine was complete opposite to that kid. Yeah, 100%. And then, like, as soon as I got in trouble once, I sort of just, like, was like, I need an identity. I'm obviously not going to be the best kid in the room. I may as well be the worst. Like, that was my story anyway. Wow, okay. So I just rode with it. I loved being the class clown. It gave me an identity. I made people laugh. Like, I, yeah, I, it had consequences. The risk <laughs> was the fact that the teachers absolutely hated me and I was always in trouble. But <laughs> the reward was that I got connection which is what I've been yearning for and starving for since I was such a young kid. So, like, this... So you, I think that we have this perception of, like, I didn't meet one person in rehab who I didn't sit there and go and judge and, and be like, oh, there's no reason for you to take drugs. There's no reason for you to be depressed. Every single person's story who I heard when they mm. tell their story from zero to 20 years old was just, like, I could vomit. Like, it was just sickening. Like, we... There's so much judgment and I've been guilty of it before in mm-hmm. society um we shame and we punish addicts for what they've done that we don't allow them back into society because we ha- make them have that label of like addict and then we just make this whole process so much more difficult and because we're then not allowing them to have connection back into society when they're trying their very best 
then they're like, well, I'm craving connection again. I'll relapse. Which is crazy because, like, most of the time we do create... Uh, sorry, we do uh, kind of bring up more so, like, we, we relate... Most of the time we do relate addicts to being drug addicts without realizing that there are other types of addicts so out many. there. Yeah. Like there's social sex, media there's addicts. love, there's, so, there's screen time, which is social yes. media. Yeah. There's gambling. Gambling's massive. Which also think, links to social media like Instagram because of the scrolling like brings up the, it's like the same as gambling with the pokey machine. Yes. So when you're waiting, like when you press a button when you're in a pokey machine and you, let's think about it right now. Feel it with me guys. Yeah, you're right. Um, we're, we're like you're just about to, like Gabby and I, we just purchased a ticket for our prize home we're Yeah, winning. we were hoping to win a home guys. We, we're still up. Crossed. We're still winning it. And let's give you the new studio. Not in my bedroom. And we're like waiting Don't on tell it. them yet. You're so excited. You're like oh my god, I, like, could this be the one second where I get the jackpot? And it's the same, they say that in the Social Dilemma documentary, it is the same psychology psychology they're using against us yeah. in order for us to, you know when you go to refresh your Instagram page, it's the same psychology that's keeping us hooked. You want something to, like, yeah. To You're like, oh, what could this be next? A nude picture of that hottie? Or, like, who knows? You do, like, more hot boys in my feed? Oh, it's just something <laughs> else go. boring. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Just like... Same same psychology that has people addicted to gambling. No different whatsoever. Yeah. And like with I think that it's interesting because like I wanted to really modernize. I'm like, how do we even attack this subject? There's so much to mental health and addiction. But the modern addictions that are really being exploited are social, social media, screen addiction. time, yeah. gambling for boys because it's so instantaneous now. For boys or for girls too. Maybe for girls, but more so, I believe, for boys. I've seen it, witnessed it firsthand. Um, Yeah, I've sort of seen a girl in rehab who was a gambling addict. But I think the... I think naturally boys are more into sport, sport and so yeah, yeah, and because yeah. like no, that makes gambling sense. 10 years ago used to be you'd have to go to a pokies or you'd have to go to the casino but right? now there's like sporting bets that you can yeah, go on so now there's like, sports bets yeah. yeah exactly right so now there's like i can actually bet on any race that's going on any game that's going on and horse race anything and it's just so instantaneous and like the app has your money already in it it's already filtered in it you can have ones where you're sharing an account with friends which by the way if that's so you're gambling weird. and you love gambling it's so addictive so i'm not saying don't do it like i know for a fact <laughs> that like my my brother and his mates do it and i said something to them one time and they're like you know what holds holds us accountable is the fact that we do it together we're in a group thing and i was like that's so intelligent so if some one person gets carried away you can actually see them yeah, do that yeah. so you're holding each other accountable which or I do you though? Or do, or do you more. know like that they they might go off to the casino one day and just totally have a day to themselves? Well, there's so many what ifs I guess yeah. you could do. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's like, how do we continue to be able to dabble in things that are more natural? Like alcohol. A lot of people drink alcohol because it's completely legal. Um, when is mm. enough enough? Exactly. When when is it okay to draw the line? Yeah. And how do we call people out with the ones that are legal? For example, like the police would call me out if I got caught driving and smoking marijuana, right? Yeah. Like that's pretty simple. Done and dusted. Like no one else has to hold me accountable for that because the law is going to hold me accountable for that. But when the law doesn't hold you accountable for an addiction, mm-hmm. but if it's something like screen time, how are you going to monitor yourself? And like, and how is that okay? How is screen time addiction okay? Uh. Or more okay than having a, a drug addiction. 
or an alcohol addiction or any other kind of addiction. Screen addiction is so sad too. Like I'm, I think that a lot of people might be assuming that I'm like a few hours a day. No, it is the sad, like it's same as like gaming, I guess. Um, when people can't step away from it, like I've seen some people who weren't showering, weren't doing anything, but constantly like had some type of device open and they were attached to the screen. And it was like, it was probably one of the sadder addictions I've seen. Like there's like the meth addicts, everyone like that. And then there's like this person who you're just like, oh my God, because how did, for me, for example, if someone smokes weed, Mm -hmm. that's a no-go for me. I won't go near you. Like uh, funnily enough, if my friends are getting drunk and doing coke, do whatever you want. I couldn't care less. I don't want it so I can be around it. But for me, my drug of choice is marijuana. So being around it is highly difficult. So I have to remove myself from that situation. How do you remove yourself from screen time? And your phone. Yeah. When someone's like, can you hop on the email and just send me an email? Like how do you function these days without screen time? Kids are using it for school. I'm so concerned about my eyeballs when I'm like 80 not even 60 years old what yeah. will they be like will I be able to see like we haven't even reached that stage yet like yeah, we, we don't just even don't know because iPhones can't when did iPhones come out I think it was so this is what they're saying in um the social dilemma it was uh, from 2011 I think it was earlier the iPhone came out in 2007 but I think when everyone started getting them etc it was like 2011 to 2013 and that was when women's health girls health especially mental health um, the self-harm the suicide attempts etc from 10 to 14 years old Even- was the lowest group and then obviously up to like being 20 years old, rapidly declined. Just the radiation in your phone, like at nighttime, having it next to your bed. Obviously, everyone uses your iPhone as an alarm in the morning, right? Yeah, so I have to like, put mine in the bathroom. The radiation is so bad for you. Like, Yeah, we just don't know because we're the guinea pig generation. And the so air- many surely the AirPods are not good for you, right? That yeah. Bluetooth system going through your ear... What is yeah. that actually doing to your brain? See, you know? I'm not poor. It's because I'm trying to protect my brain. That's why I don't have them yet. <laughs> That's my constant excuse. I don't have them but, yet. I just still. But don't I them. do. I think that was the one thing that really did scare me when I read an article, but was probably like just totally pitched to me by Facebook, which is in control of my life. Um, and it said that the like instead of obviously the cords, the yeah. radioactive activity is going directly through your head when you have the airpods so yeah we are a guinea pig generation and we don't really know what's going to happen to all of us the you know the radiation in general like people are traveling more than ever than obviously a hundred years ago when no one was traveling um like the amount of times where i got so over walking through because in america they have the they don't have it in australia but you got to do the whole like scan oh my god you have to travel domestically you have to take your shoes off you have to travel yeah and you have to fully when you're traveling domestically people do that like three times a day like how and that's so much radiation going through their body. So much radiation. And we're yeah. just, we're like, you know, right now I've got phone next to me, laptop in front of me. Like, like, and it's like, you know, we don't go to like to the lengths to look at every, every word uh, written in the terms and conditions. No one has time to read all those terms and conditions. So we just go through, we just scroll. Well, I think and we trust that. So why? They why know trust? the terms and conditions. Like at the end of the day, Apple in 20 years time but we it's going to be learning about their products as we learn but we don't don't already know, know that apple's product shut down after like two years so why why should we sign off terms and conditions if we know that their products aren't going to last long because you don't get it otherwise okay this is an interesting thing so that's it though that's so, it that's it in order so the, for us yeah. to get the quick fix or like in yeah. order for us to receive it faster mm. we just have to 
not debate against it. Yeah, and that's what we're doing and that's as, what as a society. We force we're not people debating. to do, and we're going to get into it probably another time. Just think back to yeah. our, our show. But that's what we force people to do with vaccines as well. We either say you can take the, have the vaccine for your kids, or the other option is they're not allowed into society. They can't go to kindergartens. They can't have you can't have a government no, payment like school, you yeah. can't have all these things but yeah we punish people and what's so interesting that i thought was so it's been over 105 years since we first banned drugs in the usa and britain actually banned drugs first and then the rest of the world just followed right so we did, like criminalized drug use but since then it's nothing great has happened do you know what I mean like we thought i think the assumption was like all of a sudden, all these people will just stop using drugs because no, it's just a deterrent. Make them want them more. Yeah. It's like telling a little kid not to press a red button. Yeah, well, and what's happening is we're spending so much money on a system that is, isn't working and no one's getting better. So what they did do, and this is like interesting, in Portugal, because they, at one, one time in the year 2000, so 20 years ago, 1% of the population was addicted to heroin. Can you imagine that? That's mm. so big. And they were just like, they were doing it the same way we do it here in Australia and in America. They were decrim, like they criminalized drugs and they basically shamed people, made it difficult for them to get back into society after they were trying to recover, et cetera, et cetera. That's and anyway, they got a bunch of scientists and doctors together to decriminalize all the drugs, including heroin. Not just marijuana, including heroin, everything. And then they have spent the money on reconnecting addicts to society. So a big problem, this is what I grew up with, which is the irony of my parents, bless them, would have been so funny. And what I obviously witnessed today was like people being like, oh, how's the people on the, on the doll? They're just addicts and they're just spending their money on drugs. Like how ridiculous. So we're very like... And that's what has to happen, right? So, yeah. like, for example, when I was in rehab, I had to have some sort of income. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily enough, I live in Australia where they, I was able to be on the dole. And so, and everyone else was as well. But in Portugal, they spend that money on helping people have a purpose, a reason to wake up in the morning. So they will go to a business, say you're a mechanic, they'll go to this place where... Uh, and be like, hey, can you hire this guy? We'll take full responsibility for him, the government. We'll pay half his wage, which is equivalent probably to what the doll is. Um, and you pay him the other half and he'll work for you. So you're getting someone at half the cost. You're helping them get back into society. You're helping them wake, have a purpose to wake up in the morning. Like how much more smarter is that than giving out free money, the rest of society being pissed off about it, then you're giving people too much time in between uh, getting a job so then they can't really get back into the system during that time they probably have too much time to themselves and then what in a boredom obviously can create a, emotions to come up like if you're not distracted i know for me that's definitely how my yeah. isolation process was like yeah although i was on job keeper and i'm probably still i'm earning like a little over what job keeper is giving me um even so, like, I would be able to probably make almost that money per week without doing anything, but I just get so bored. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, yeah. you can't sit by yourself all day. Yeah. What fun is that? And like- they, they would rely on meetings, I suppose. Like, you people go to AA or NA meetings, um, that would be their whole life. But they, yeah. the way we're doing it at the moment isn't helping anybody. Yeah. And, like, funnily enough, like, years ago when my brother who's a pharmacist it was his first year of working in a pharmacy and his boss went away for a few days and it was the middle of the day i think it was a monday or a wednesday 
and he we got a phone call and he had been held up by a junkie so some guy had come in he'd held up a knife to him my brother was absolutely traumatized had to get everyone out had to then open the safe for this person oh to then take the drugs and then he's only ever made it outside underneath the car before he's overdosed anyway but like oh my god i was like just it's so tragic seeing like my brother so traumatized and like I remember being like, what happened to the guy? And they're like, oh, he was like, oh, they came and got him. I couldn't care less. Like, very, like, I couldn't care if he died, basically. Tom didn't say that, but, like, obviously he was rattled, right? He's just been held up in the middle of the day by this guy who had a massive knife. And it's so wild because my perception until I was in rehab... He doesn't deserve that. Like, your brother. No one deserves it. My, My, like, perception of addicts until I was in rehab was so like that, I guess. It was just so, like, black and white. Like, how dare this person? How could they not control what that was going through? And, like, so black and white. And I'm not defending the addict at all right now, but it's just interesting now that I have this, like, whole different perception and, like, this empathy for, like, what that addict was probably seriously going through maybe in their childhood. Like, you can only make assumptions up. But, like, as I said, no one I've ever met has had this beautiful connected childhood and upbringing where it's just been absolutely amazing. And for me, like I, I did, I had a beautiful and connected childhood that was absolutely amazing. To be honest, I have nothing to complain about, Mm. but got myself into a few situations, which are near death experiences. PTSD came quickly. And then just like veterans, we as a society don't know how to deal with these people. So Mm. I think that the purpose of today was like, we, need to be doing things differently and I think at the moment Gabs like you've had such insight into like what like now at the Being moment scared we're... of like taking drugs yeah recently you had when that. I needed them like yeah. when I was prescribed them and I was still scared because of just generally hearing because about... I suppose you were told that story that like we're addicted to the chemical yeah like that chemical where it was yeah. really like you're in a connected society where you most likely weren't going to get addicted because of your environment the question for today to, to to ask yourself is what do you think that you're addicted to if there's anything what yeah. do you think that you're addicted to what are you powerless over like what when you pick up your phone are you automatically going into instagram facebook like or, or is there something that you know you can't live without, but you know you probably could? Yeah. What's it giving you? What are you distracted from, I suppose? For me, it's like I was able to like just survive and be distracted from the ongoing pain mm. or like noises in my head. But it's, I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. 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 But I'm excited to see. Yeah. I would love to go into this more, but it's just like... It's such a long topic. So we could talk about much. it for ages. And um, I can't but, recommend yeah. enough. The t- uh, take your pills if you're actually interested in like the ADHD side of things and pharmaceuticals. Great documentary, but must watch, too. especially at the moment. The social dilemma, like absolutely mind blowing. Absolutely loved it, and it was seriously. I was excited for you to watch it, Gab, because that definitely changed my perception on how I'm now using. Yeah. Or, or for example, and the only way I feel that what we spoke about last time is. Do not avoid the person who has an opposite opinion to you. Yeah, Hear them out. Yeah, yeah. Walk towards them. If you yeah. can't trust your own devices these days, the only thing you can trust is another human being to at least tell you their side of the story. Yeah. Listen to them open-mindedly. Exactly. And don't like always criticize like the first thing that comes out of their mouth because you never know. They could be right and you could be wrong. So, 
Yeah, just I guess like take everyone, everything with a grain of salt and like kind of morph it into your own, own opinion. But um, yeah, I mean today was like such a, a good topic to talk about because like I feel like it's definitely, what's well, Mental Awareness Month so um, and uh, I'm glad we touched on this. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel if you haven't already and rate us a five star. Yeah, know. give us five stars. If you like stars. us, please rate us five stars. Also comment anything that you need to. We love the feedback from all the positives and negatives that we receive. Yeah, we can take constructive criticism. Yeah. Give it. Um, but yeah, that's all for today, guys. We love you. Thank you so much, party people.